Craft Beer Radio, episode 176, on March 23rd, 2011. Graphy Radio, and we are haunted by the spirit of the super moon. Super moon. So we're doing, um, uh, well, old ales and Doppelbox today. Yeah, we had to go with the super moon because I was like, everything else was more, that happened in the news this week was much more controversial, and we want to make light of it. So. <laughs> yes. We can at least make fight of a, of a somewhat larger size moon, like by small percentage points. <laughs> All right, so tonight we have um, two Doppelbox and two Old Ales. It's two styles that we usually don't get enough of to do whole shows, so we're teaming up. We're going to start with this one. This one. That's the name of the beer. No, I'm kidding. This is uh, from Boulevard Brewing Company. This is their See You Later Doppelbock. I, I like that name because you know, all Doppelbox have to have a later. Traditionally, later they have an Ator yeah. at the end, and this is See You Later. And I really could not find much info on this one uh, because it just, they haven't, I guess they sent it to us mm-hmm. yeah. because it, it's not out on their website yet. Oh, uh, actually, it, it's probably gone, come and gone. Or it's come and gone. <laughs> they sent it this. They Six of one, half dozen of the other. We got this in the and, fall. Or late fall, early winter. Oh, okay. And so the info I do have on it says oh. it's 8.5% alcohol by volume. Does Cajun it, corked. In does a, it tell you why the, cap, the cork is on so tight? No. no, it does not. Hmm. As Jeff struggles with the cork, I'll give you any other information I have on this. Boulevard's in Missouri. Uh, they are... Oh, man. You know, so next time you're in Kansas City, you can go there. It's uh, We really do enjoy the stuff from Boulevard. Free plug for them, because they do send us stuff. But... Yeah. Yeah, they've been a pretty good... They send us Christmas cards every year. Yeah, so... Print of the show. And if they just didn't put the cork sensor tight. <laughs> the cork is tight. Jess been making progress on it. It's just not coming out. Well, it should be like six inches long. <laughs> That'd be evil. <laughs> I mean, it, it's coming slowly. It's just... It's, it's like... You know, whoa... Nice sound. It didn't even come out like super poor. Yeah, it didn't gush. It, it started coming up. I mean, there was a fair amount of carbonation on this guy, but it didn't gush over the lip. I was gonna say it's 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 like when you're on the toilet and it just it just won't come out. Oh, we don't need that. <laughs> yeah, we really didn't need that analogy. So let me check the label here real fast. If there's any information. Uh, Doppelbach first brewed in Munich, seventeen hundred. Monks, blah blah blah. Polliner. Okay, so the monks of Saint Francis of Paula, also known as Polliners. Mm-hmm. So that's a name that people remember. They called the full-body brew Salvatore. The so salvation. So, so there's some history in here. Every Doppelbach has name ending in Ator. The uh, bid fund Elfiderzane of the tradition, charting a flight path into bold new territory. <laughs> Amber in color, 
estuary, banana aroma, rich maltiness, uh, cedar, cedar aging, lending a hint of spice hmm. to the finish. A- oh, right there on the label, aged on cedar. Cedar? Cedar. Yeah, so the beer poured with a nice carbonation, and it's starting to fall back in. It has a lot of uh, lift to it. A very clear, uh, dark, dark brown. Not not quite a freckle beer, because it's too dark. Mm-hmm. It's got a, a huge, giant head, but, you know, like you said, there's a lot of carbonation from, from that, and... It's just amazing that that cork fit in that bottle because you see how big the cork flanges out, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's it's way too large for the bottle. Yeah, yeah, but it, it went in and I got it out. So the aroma first sniff on it is since all that carbonation, it's just when you smell that, and all you smell is like the beer foam and the CO right, two. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little um, acidic, and you know it burns your nostrils a little bit. So I'm giving you a swirl, trying to knock the foam down and get some more. Uh, multi aromas that rise up. I can smell something underneath, and it smells vaguely banana-ish, um, like they said on on the the label. But yeah, I'm not getting much. I still have about an inch worth of head, so nothing's really coming through. So I moved on to a sip, since you know, come back to the aroma later. It's um. It's a medium, it's a little bit lighter body than you expect for a double block, but it's it's still substantial. It's still enough there to not say it's watery or anything, but it's it's on the light side for what you think when you think double block. It has a decent balance, maybe a bit on the sweet side. It's got I'm trying to detect some of that cedar and I'm not really getting much. Yeah, so the first sip. Maybe in the v- v- very late aftertaste. My first sip, I really tasted just a lot of carbonation, some prickliness, some bubbly. And then my second sip, I was able to get a lot more malt. Um, cedar's coming in the late aftertaste of the second sip. Um, yeah, so it kind of tastes a little bit like uh, a Dunkelweizen, really, because it doesn't really have that clean lager taste. It has more of that, when they said bananas and whatnot, maybe this is just the label putting the notion into my head but it has a little more of that wheat beer type character a little westery um yeah the, and the smooth body also seems more like a wheat beer than you get from you the know, banana is kind of i mean it's there but it's kind of uh it, it's purely sort of ester driven i mean it's the same way it's it's obviously ester driven in in um in half of ice and stuff like that, but then it, there's like there's still the yeast and stuff to give it a little bit more power. But really, there's just sort of the the vague essence of banana as opposed to a, a sort of more banana ish flavor. I don't know exactly how to describe so, it, but it, it's kind of like super moonish, but it's a wisp of extra okay. banana as opposed to. So here's a cedar banana. box if you'd like to smell a cedar box. I've smelled cedar before. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is. The box has been out for a long time too, so it doesn't probably yeah, it's have not, that much. Not, maybe aroma. inside would be fresher. No, that smells like the filler, the old timey hay. Still, I bet if you, you know, cooked a fish on that, you get a lot of mm-hmm. you know, cedar flavor and stuff like that. Yeah, the more I, the more sips I take, the the more I think I'm picking up that wood. It, it's um, it's a uh, 
So how do you describe? It's one of those things that you wouldn't flavors. you wouldn't pick up if you didn't know. You, I mean, you may pick up something. You might you, actually think it might be a little bit oxidized if you didn't know. Yeah, you wouldn't ascribe it to to the wood. It, it, it's it's one of the we we mention sometimes that labels can be uh, labels can influence you, but it can influence you, it can influence you in good ways. It can tell you something that you should be looking for. Right. Yeah, because um, you know wood cedar has a lot of the same. It's in the same family as oxidation and and those kind of flavors. So yeah, they could definitely be confused. And uh, I'm trying to figure out how I can describe the flavor, but you know, putting flavors to wood is is hard because it's not really what you're thinking. I mean, what do you say, sappy? It's <laughs> a cedar is mm-hmm. is a is a pretty light, somewhat floral smokiness. Yeah, uh, it's. It's got a, a, a kind of a bit of a potpourri-ish yeah, it's, to it's it. It's definitely a more fragrant wood than than like oak right. or cherry or anything like that. Apple wood. This is a really nice drinker. It is. It it was a little bit hard to get at first when there really wasn't a lot of... When there was so much carbonation, but that, that settled down a bit. And... Um, you know, if you're not doing a beer show, you can just pour it and wait a minute or two before you drink it. Right. But it's uh, it, it's got really it's got a nice drinkability to it. I think it's a little like you said, a little thin, a little thin for for the style. I would say thinner than you may expect, um, but I wasn't right. really knocking it because of it being too thin or anything. It's just on the thin side. Just applying my so critical eye. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, it's it's eight point five percent. This is the see you later Doppelbach from Boulevard's Smokestack series. Um, I I'm trying to remember if they're smokestacks or one time only, or if they're rare. See, like, they are not rare. one time only because they have like if you go oh, to that's their right, website, they've done the they've, they've done the Brett and the and the the quad a couple times. I they think, have four so. year round releases in the Smokestack series, and then there are other ones that are uh, seasonal. And then there are limited releases. Okay. Yeah, so this may come around again. It might still be on some shelves somewhere. I mean, they sent us this to us uh, early winter-ish, I would say. The date on it says it was brewed in January 2010, so... We haven't so, had it that yeah. long. We got it in, like, November, December. Very smooth drinker. Uh, I like that a lot. So, any so, beer news? Yeah, I, was, I have a couple here. I was going to uh, pull that up while you're finishing your glass. I can find the window. All right. Since so, we since we put our show out the next day now, it's yeah. We can actually do news again. Yeah. Uh, so the Sam Adams Long Shot Variety Pack will hit shelves nationwide. What's in it this year? What's in it this year? Last year, I remember it was a blueberry quad, right? I don't remember last year's though. I don't think I tried last year's six pack actually. One of those years it was a blueberry quad or something like that. Longshot is their home the the people who people can make home brews and they do a competition and then at the Great American Beer Fest they decide which ones are going to be in the pack. I'm sorry, I'm trying okay, here we go. The uh the winners from the twenty eleven American Homebrew Contest. 
Richard Roper's Friar Hop Ale uh, combines his love of hops with his affinity for Belgian spices. So it's a Belgio IPA, apparently. Um, Rodney Kibizzi's Blackened Hops. So a black IPA. Deep roasted malt character, citrusy hop bitterness. And uh, Caitlin Desreek. Ends in a Q. Yeah, Desreek. Uh, a member of St. Adam's sales team, and she created her honeybee lavender wheat. They always pick a fruit, oh, a fruited beer for for the sales when it seems. It, it makes sense, right? Because yeah. you want to appeal, you want to appeal to broad bases of the people who would be buying a sampler pack. So, I, I can see why you'd, you'd put a, a fruity beer in there too. Yeah, I guess you know if you. I'd love to see the guys, you know, the same Adams employees who refuse to brew fruity beers and just know they're not going to win ever. <laughs> but fruity maybe, beers can be very good. We've had some excellent fruity beers. Yeah, we had a pre, the pre-show week last or pre-show beer last week. We had a, a cerise, and that was tasty. We uh, had a whole show on fruity beers. They were amazing. Yes, yes, I know. It just seems, you know, I don't know. It's a competition, but it's well, it's just not, like. Any beer fest there, you know, there are spaces you go for, and, and there probably is, in the long shot, there probably is, you know, well, let's make this good, but let's also make it accessible. Right. They're probably not going to throw in some, you know, as much as we would probably like it, they're probably not going to throw in, if someone managed to make a Dark Lord clone or something, they're probably not going to throw it in, because that really wouldn't sell very well. Right. Well, it would, if, especially well, if you said Dark knew Lord about clone. It, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, the, the, it, it's still for the masses. Right. Uh, Petaluma or Lagunitas Brewing Company is eyeing uh, undertakes big expansion. Uh, they've been brewing twenty four seven since November, and they are planning a nine point five million dollar expansion to boost their production. I wonder how much of that is going to be in weed. <laughs> they produced Lagunitas. more than a hundred thousand barrels last year, and twenty uh, sixth largest craft brewery in two thousand nine. Uh, they're going to be able to run up to 600,000 barrels. So they're multiplying their uh, capacity by six. Now, were they actually selling weed from their brew house, or was it just no, they, they were, were smoking, smoking weed in the, at the like at the uh, tours and tastings or something like something like that? And let me pull up one more story, and we'll move on to the next beer. Uh, dun dun dun. Dun, dun, dun. Scientists reveal that Guinness really does taste better in Ireland. <laughs> what? Scientists reveal that Guinness really does wait, taste wait. better in Ireland. Okay, so eponymous scientists, quote unquote, reveal <laughs> they they they're like ta da, and <laughs> oh, so you're just you you're just taking the headline writer and raking him over the coals. Basically, okay. yes. I, w- I want to know more about this story because the headline sounds absolutely <laughs> absurd. Scientists at the Institute of Food and Technologists carried out a taste survey in 33 cities in 14 countries. The majority of their tasters said they enjoyed points of the black stuff better in Ireland, better in Ireland than any other country. Wait, so the study the, claims to what? scientifically prove that Guinness does not travel well. That that doesn't make any sense. All you're saying is that people in Ireland say it's better than people who, in other places? The group used 103 non-expert testers <laughs> in different countries, brought to them and brought them to 20 set, brought them to 71 different pubs. Uh, factors such as pub amb- ambiance, 
Guinness's appearance, flavor, and aftertaste were all considered. So maybe the pubs are just better than I That sounds like one of the worst run scientific studies I've ever heard. Uh, there's, there's, you know, there's no double blind there. There's, yeah, I mean, national pride could certainly come into part of that, right? Because you're just saying, okay, you're in Dublin. How good does this Guinness yeah. taste? One out, of, one to ten, and you're in Bolivia. Yeah, how good does this Guinness taste? One to ten. Yeah, I guess you're. Those people are going to like Guinness, especially if the people in Bolivia never drink, you know, normally don't drink Guinness, right? See, that is not science. Anyone who claims that is science is has no understanding of what science actually is. Of well, you can look up the story and read it in detail to make sure it was. Uh, See, I'm not flawed. really going to trust anything on IrishCentral.com. <laughs> hey, now. All right, let's move on. We got a couple more stories, but let's do the other doppelbock. And this beer was sent to us by Mr. Gary Frank. Gary Frank. This is Mammoth Brewing Company's Hair of the Bear Doppelbock. When I first saw it, I thought it was a Hair of the Dog beer, but it's just the name is Hair of the Bear. I wonder how close that is on infringing on trademark. Have you heard about the? Well, I mean, uh, Hair of the Dog is an actual term that was around for. A, before Hair right, of the Dog right. Brewing, so... Uh, it was a segue, Greg. It's a segue into... How would I know what you're segueing into? Well, if you would let me finish my sentence, you would have seen it was a segue. Um, Too late. Bell's Brewing Company sent a cease and desist order to Northern Brewer for the name of their Bell's Two-Hearted Ale clone beer, which was called Three-Hearted Ale, and it infringed on their trademark. And it just, it drives me nuts that there's, that companies have to do this. Because you know, I, you don't know, but you're pretty sure Larry Bell doesn't, they're not really losing any, there's no kind of damage to, to homebrewers buying right. the Three-Hearted Ale kit. But they have to send the letter to Northern Brewer because the next time when someone infringes on their trademark if they didn't protect it this time they can't protect it next time right exactly they have, to have it, a history of protecting it and it drives me insane i mean northern brewer has clever names for their clone recipes so you know their clone recipes what what bells can do is they can quote-unquote license the name for like one cent every million sold or something like that and that's what other that's what some companies have done to sort of to to, to Open up that loophole. They have to send a cease and desist legally, but then right. once they, you know, say we license them to have this name, then they it opens up the whole thing. Apparently, Northern Brewer is going to change the recipe of of the change the name of the beer, not the recipe. They're keeping the recipe the same. The yeah. recipe is not involved. It's still going to taste like Two Hearted Ale, but they're going to change. The, they're they're choosing to change the name. And I thought a licensing thing, especially if Bell's wasn't being a dick about it. Yeah, they'd be able to license to them for almost free. Uh, I think they should call it the beer inspired by the beer that was inspired by Hemingway's, Hemingway's fishing trip. <laughs> you know, some of their uh, most of their clone type beers have have names that are similar or at least infer the the origin of the recipe. But there's ones that are really inside baseball, like the one that I made for Gumballhead clone. Um, it was submitted by two homebrewers, so their names are in the title, uh, their nicknames, T-Can and Bearcat's Wheaton Beatdown. And that really doesn't describe Gumballhead at all. But if you read the description, it talks about a super, you know, superhero cat type thing. And you're like, oh, that's, that's Gumballhead. Right. 
So that, that's a little more uh, uh, incognito, but yeah. I just hate that Bells has to send that letter, even if they, you know, because I'm hoping they didn't want to, you know? So this is uh, Mammoth Brewing Company in uh, Mammoth Lakes, California. Their zip code is 93546 if you want to check their weather. <laughs> hair of the dog, hair of the bear, Doppelbach. Uh, German style uh, Bach beer. It's all marketing speak, but I'll read it anyway because it's all I have. Our German style strong Bach beer exhibits the powerful flavor of dry roasted dark malts, couples. It's spelled it said couples instead of coupled, but whatever. With the smoothness of an extended lagering time. Okay. Kind of describes the beer. I mean. So the aroma on this guy, it, it's, it's a 9.0. Big, malty, you know, like really rustic bread, almost like a pumpernickel. Um, and you get... Uh, mm. well, I had something on the top of my, the tip of my tongue, and then it, it fell off. What was that? Oh, that just smells so good. It does smell very good. It's got a lot of the dark fruitiness. Uh, that's it. That's it. That's what fell off the tip of my tongue. Go ahead, Greg. Plums, you know, raisins, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, it's got maybe maybe a tiny bit of chocolatey, too, in the aroma. It's uh, another dark one, but not quite so dark. You can st- I can see the finger, but not the freckle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got, it, you know, it, it, it's a dark, dark, dark amber. And did I say nine percent? It's nine percent. Flavor on this guy is is pretty much exactly what I want in a Doppelbach. It is malty and full bodied, and and just it's just so rich and malty and malty and malty. And oh malty. yeah, and it really is. It, it's whereas the see you later was kind of sweet kind of sugary sweet this is really more malty more you know more toffee forward mm-hmm. i guess you could toffee, say yeah uh it has that um that viscosity that the see you later was a little lacking mm-hmm. uh it's got a very some very strong flavors there the 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 fruits are there really you know towards the prunish more than um plum so more prune than plum maybe that's the one thing that's different from you know those those classic german ones is this one has that more dark fruit character because normally i never really pick that up in you know celebrator right, right. or um salvator you know those ones where this one has a lot more of that that you know that flavor you get from like anchor porter right Th- that those dark fruits are kind of in here too which is interesting but it goes well it's not really a clash or anything it goes really well in the spear I'm enjoying it. It doesn't have. It leaves a kind of sweet aftertaste, not so much a woody one like the you know. So it's not aged on cedar, you know, that much. It's it doesn't leave as much of an aftertaste as this, as the sea later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of it's a little bit drier. I like that. I. It it it's a little less balanced than the sea later. The sea later had some hot balance to it. This one's a little kind of for, malt forward, but I like yeah. that. I mean, malt. this one has a little bit of hops. You can you can get it if you really look for it. When when I you know saw this beer, saw this label, 
and never had it. I don't think I've ever had a beer from Mammoth, Mammoth Brewing Company till now. I'm like, oh, it's one of Gary's West Coast beers. It's going to be, you know, Doppelbock. It's going to be one of these Imperial double IPA Doppelbocks. But no, <laughs> it's not. It's absolutely not. I think, thankfully, from what I've been tasting. Did you know this beer is brewed at the elevation of 8,000 feet? Well, that it's got a lot of radiation. So it boils at a much lower temperature. That would that would actually reduce the uh, the IBU absorption in the beer. I think. Okay. That's a question. Next time I talk to a brewer from Denver mm-hmm. or one of these guys up in the mountains, if because if, if water boils at a lower temperature, does that change the isomerization and does the bitterness not get picked up as much? I wonder. That's an interesting question. That means this beer was susceptible to more cosmic rays than most beers. <laughs> <laughs> more neutrinos and whatnot. I like it. It's very- at nine percent. You can the alcohol is mostly hidden, but you can you can you can smell little traces you can trace it but it, it's hard i mean the, the the maltiness really covers it up very well mm-hmm. so you're not going to be you know you're not breathing fire you're not tasting a huge amount of it's not even really volatizing that much mm-hmm. so it, it it's very it, it's pretty well hidden for nine percent do you want to do an abv check or a, a bac check i mean i don't know did, did people actually care no one commented, but we don't get comments anymore because <laughs> <laughs> tur- we turned it off because we got so much spam. Well, yeah, we turned off because the, the spam comments, but you know we don't get we haven't asked for emails in so long. So. Yeah, we'll pause. I'll you know what you up. should do if if you want to, you know, rate us on iTunes. That's the best way to do it. Really? Yeah. Now that that's the way that all podcasts are saying. Yeah. Rate I, us on iTunes. I started. Uh, I I think that we should mutate Twitter as our message boards as our discussion forum. I don't even have our Twitter password, so you're the only one who knows it. Well, no, no, use that. Like, use like a CBR hashtag or something, and just have a search set up for that. But we can talk about that later, and then actually uh, announce it to the listeners on a consolidated front, so we're in agreement. Instead there you, of you go. being like, okay. Jeff, you're an idiot. We're gonna pause. We're gonna take our BACs. We get some more news stories lined up, and we'll be right back. Yes, we will. All right, so I am at point six point zero six eight. I think Jeff's blowing a little hot because he just took a sip, and what you're supposed to you technically supposed to wait twenty minutes. So oh, well, that's not going to work for this show. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you know, it's supposed to only read the alcohol from your from the blood content. I mean, my lungs. my internal uh, breath breathalyzer says I'm at point zero four. I thought it was going to be at high fives. I was at six. Mm-hmm. Jeff is at six eight. So. All right, so tiny we're impaired. <laughs> those doppelbox, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta respect the doppelbox. Mm. Try not to burp on microphone. What other okay stories? So, you got? from Wired Science, we have tiny fibers put the head on stout beer, and uh, so Irish mathematicians. We got some more Irish here. They're, they're loving their Guinness this week. Well, it's. You know, it's St. Patrick's Day, so I'm sure that's why all these stories are coming out. Could be, could be. Have discovered tiny plant fibers that make nitrogen bubbles out of out of stout beer and form a creamy head of foam. 
The find could mean an end to more expensive and less eco-friendly technology currently used to create fizz. Nitrogen-influenced stouts are known for their long-lasting creamy heads. I'm not going to read that whole paragraph. Uh, da, 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 da. By the way... Yes, sir. Could I explain why I hate St. Patrick's Day? If it's a short rant, go ahead. It is a relatively short rant. I feel like St. Patrick's Day is a celebration of getting drunk. That's what it's turned into. I mean, you know, what it was before was sort of a celebration of a guy who which, went to Ireland and, and converted everybody to Christianity. Which holiday, which minor holiday isn't a celebration of getting drunk? But, you know, the, at least there's something that they're celebrating, like New Year's Day, et cetera. They're actually celebrating the New Year and they're celebrating it by getting drunk. But this is solely a celebration of getting drunk. Cinco de Mayo? Again, you're celebrating Mexican independence. You can celebrate that without getting drunk. There's there's no other way to celebrate St. Patrick's Day than by getting drunk. You could eat corned beef and uh, and, and uh, cabbage. No one would say you're actually celebrating St. I guess wearing green, right? But St. Patrick's Day is about, it's a holiday centered around the idea of, of getting drunk. I, I miss St. Patrick's Day. I thought it was the 15th on the 17th, so I didn't wear a Guinness shirt or anything. And I wasn't sad. I, I'm not sad either. St. Patrick's Day is is a really, really terrible holiday. I mean, you're not Irish at all. I'm not Irish right. at all. Heather's maiden name is McGuire, but she's barely Irish. I so. should say it's a terrible holiday from what it's turned into. I don't want to get get on people <laughs> on, on on hands of people who you know celebrated for other reasons. But what it's turned into, at least in America and, and elsewhere, is is basically yet another excuse to get drunk. And the only reason for it is to get drunk. It's like it's a holiday about getting drunk. Uh, is is St. Patrick the guy that drove the snakes out of Ireland, or is that something else? No, St. Patrick even... is the guy who converted Ireland to Christianity. Oh, okay. The whole all the stuff about getting the or the snakes. The St. Patrick, he was he was a slave in Ireland, and then he he got free, and then he came back to Ireland and uh, converted people. That's basically the story. To create a longer-lasting and creamier heads and stouts, brewers pump a beer full of nitrogen because the gas forms smaller and more stable bubbles without affecting the taste. I disagree about affecting the taste. A tiny opening in nitro bar taps forces nitrogen into stouts as they are poured. Lee and his team recorded stouts under... Recorded stouts under a microscope. Video above to watch bubbles form inside cellulose fibers. They discovered that the bubbling rate was up to 20 times slower than in carbonated brews. This is probably why no one has noticed it before. Uh, come on, get me to the point, please. I think is this is this where they this, they found a way to do the nitrogenation without widgets? I think so. Yeah. There is um, Lee's team hopes that this discovery will make yeah. stouts slightly cheaper on the order of a few cents per can. In addition to creating new research in fluid mechanics, basically they they, they put I guess tiny little hairs or something in the bottle instead of it's a protein fiber cellulose yeah. Yeah. in the bottle instead of the widget to hold the nitrogen in. And I don't know if you noticed, but I can actually read out loud now because I've been reading so much to Allison. I mean, I'm not perfect, but I'm a lot better than I used to be. Yeah. 
I'm proud it's of myself. True. I'm finally growing up. I can read out loud and I can eat tomatoes. <laughs> Jeff's all grown up, everybody. Not all grown up. I still laugh at dick jokes. Well, you know. The drunker you get, the funnier they are. Wincoop, Winecoop Brewing and Breckenridge are going to uh, enter into a joint beer venture. They're going to expand their prevent. I can read, but I can't talk. They're going to expand their production. Oh, and now the page won't load. <laughs> All right, next beer. Firefox. <laughs> well, that's not Firefox. That's Chrome. 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 Speaking of, of technology, Firefox Four oh, you is still out. got beer. So okay. Well, well, no, we can't talk about Firefox Four. That's a post show thing. I won't let you diverge on that one. All right, Greg. Greg finished up. So these next two beers are both Gary Frank beers, but they are not from his more recent shipment. These old ales are, in fact, no. Old. One's a Bill beer. Oh, okay. One's Gary Frank and one's Bill. They are both old, though. Uh, let's do Bill's beer. This is the Jasperilla Old Ale from Austin, Texas, brewed by Independence Brewing Company. And this is their 2006 Old Ale. It's named after a dog. You see a little dog? Yeah. Named after a little wiener dog. Well, maybe, no, not really a wiener dog. It looks like a wiener dog in the picture, but no, it's more of a... It might be a corgi. I'm not yeah. sure. Nine percent, another high alcohol beer. Well, old ales aren't no, aren't too shabby on the alcohol either. No, right? it's um, it's not, still not quite a freckle beer because I can see my finger fine, but it's just it, the amber is just dark enough that I can't see through. Well, so it's kind yeah, of a, that's really clear for an old ale. A mid amber, a mid dark amber. It's it's more it's kind of toffee like, I guess you could say. I agree. This one has a pretty tight head. Oh God, so, that smells good. Oh man! Yeah, we're, you know the, yeah. I mean, it has that barley wine smell, that old deal smell. That it's. Let's see, words. Give me some words. It's it's a it's a big fruity and not necessarily dark fruits. I mean, they're there, but there's also there, there's like a strawberry in there, and um, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking like red licorice, like. Not necessarily Twizzlers, but you know, a little more aromatic, but like strawberry, red licorice, something like that. So strawberry. So we're yeah, we're close in our estimations. Yeah, so I I, I smell strawberry. I smell. Hmm. Uh, maybe maybe a bit of a a green grape. Um, you see, fruits that are still somewhat on the tart side, but not necessarily dark. And then there's a big malt backbone to back oh, it up. Yeah. Lots of lots of. Um, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't peach. say peach. There's peach there. I wouldn't say it's huge on the caramel, like oh, malty, man. like the crystal flavors. But it's just like you know, just pale malt condensed down, like just really, really intensified. God, I wish they could be. This could be a Glade air freshener. <laughs> oh my god, that smells delicious! I don't want to drink it. It smells too good. Oh. Drink it. It tastes just as good. Has a lot of that fruit that Greg was mentioning. The uh, the citrus and the stone fruits are in there. 
It has a, 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 a um, almost like a mix of like peach bread pudding or something oh, like that. That is really good. <laughs> like peach bread pudding. In oh a glass. my. Oh no! This is a wild beer for me. This is just this is delicious. This is wonderful. It's pretty good, and there's um, there's enough bitterness to keep it nice and balanced. It's yeah, there is. Sweet. There is a, a really exceptional level of balance there. I think. I mean, mm-hmm. it it keeps it dry enough so it isn't cloying, and and you can taste in the corner, but it's not over. It's not powering over the real intention of the flavor, which is that this this strong fruitiness. Wow. Nine point three percent, nineteen point zero degrees Play-Doh, twenty nine IBUs. They use an AL yeast. They use Horizon hops. I haven't heard of Horizon hops. Yeah, it's uh, and two row pale malt. I'm not positive if it's a new variety of hop, but it's a newly utilized variety of hop. Yeah, we haven't heard of it. You know, a couple years ago, but I've heard of it several times over the last two years or so. A special blend of English Old Ale and Chico yeasts. It's brewed once a year, aged for six months prior to release. Ooh. Man. And don't don't forget, this is a 2006 beer. Oh. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Phil. It's five years old. Phil, you are amazing. I'm not sure exactly when Bill sent this, but I've had it in the fridge for a while. And, uh, you know, it's an old ale. Like, I like doing style shows, and mm-hmm. you don't get your hands on a bunch of old ales. It's too bad. Even though I probably do have an Adam in the cellar back there. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have another one to go, so we probably can't pull out the Adam just because it's we get too. Probably won't need to pull out the Adam. Yeah. Mm, man, that is good. <laughs> that is, like, exactly what I want from a beer. It is really good. It has that... You mentioned that peach, and I keep coming back to that because it's this big. I already said it twice. I will just say it one more time. But it just like think of the the bready flavors you get in bread pudding, and with some peach, you know, peach syrup on it. You know, that's kind of what this beer is. It's just a great mix of these the the stone fruit, the the meat of the stone fruit, and you know, this bready flavors. <clears throat> a little bit of cherry there. Stone fruits are good. Yeah. Okay, so the uh, Denver Business Journal page finally loaded. Winecoop and Breckenridge are entering into a joint venture, and so they have a share. They're sharing resources, so they're doing a shared canning line, and it looks like they're doing something with their restaurant, like sharing like supplier or something. So like the Breckenridge Brew Pubs and Winecoop Holdings owns like five restaurants around Denver, and they're combining, so they'll be able to produce their increase their production. And start making some canned beer. I haven't seen any cans what from Breckenridge. What does Breckenridge, Breckenridge make? I, I mean, I, I I should know this. Breckenridge makes a, a bunch of beers. They, they make available. vanilla porter, right? They Java do. Porter? Vanilla. They yeah. do vanilla porter. Um, they've been in the market for probably four, three yeah, or four I'm, years I'm just, now. I'm you know, just blanking on, on what they are. And wine they're coupe's not available making. all the way out here. Yeah. But uh, you had their beers when we were out in Denver.
This mm, is tasty. This is the Jasperilla Old Ale from Independence Brewing Company, Austin, Texas. So if you were in South, if you were there for South by Southwest, hopefully you had some of this. Hopefully. Mm, that's a place I really should visit. I really want to check out Austin. There's a lot of places I want to check. I'm checking out Chicago. That's a good place. Heather and I haven't I, been there since I was good. I was 13 or 14, but I remember liking it. So uh, May, uh, shit, May 12th is my 10th anniversary with Heather, and we're going to go out to Chicago for a weekend while my grandma, my mom watches the kids, and it just happens to be the opening weekend of Chicago Beer Week. <laughs> so. Uh, we may, I think that's great. I may do Honestly, an event. I really or, do. I may do an event or so, but you know, most of the time it's probably going to be wifey time. Well, she, yeah, but I mean, I she think it's be. great. That, I mean, that you know, you and her, you know, you've un, you understand each other's interests, mm-hmm. and you're willing to go with that. So yeah, she understands. You're a beer guy. Right. So yeah, yeah. I just have to know that I'm not going to do four beer events right yeah. on a on a weekend in Chicago. I'm gonna do maybe one. So it'll be cool. Uh the Chicago Beer Week dot com needs to get their website together. They don't even have their events listed yet and it's May twenty first it starts. Hmm. So get your shit together. Uh so I can plan out my weekend. But it'll be cool. I've never been to Chicago. I got some friends out there, uh both beer friends, which I've met through the podcast and, and whatnot. And then also one of my friends from high school lives out there now. So the, the windy city. But yeah, there's a lot of places um, that I, you know, you mentioned. Uh, Are you gonna get up Willis Tower? What's that? You gonna try to get up Willis Tower? I don't know what that is. It's, it used to be called the Sears Tower. Oh, well, I know what that is. Yes. I don't know. I mean, we're more of a low key sightseeing type couple. We kind of. Explore and discover on our own. We're not going to do the uh, the guided tour of the city. What brought me into the whole Chicago thing? You said you wanted to go to Austin, Texas. Austin, yeah, Austin. You know, San Diego is a city I want to check out. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a lot of places I need to go to. Austin, apparently, I mean it's. Great culture, lots of cool things to look at. Like the, the, I really want to check out that Bat Bridge. I don't know what you're talking about. There's a bridge in Austin, Texas that has a huge colony of fruit bats, like a million strong. Oh, wow. And you can go on a cruise and just you know go under it and watch all the bats go out at night. So here's an older story, but it's worth mentioning. Uh, you heard about Obama and the homebrew at the Super Bowl, right? Yes, he had I did his, hear He had that. his chef's brew beer, and he served at the Super Bowl. And apparently he served it, you know, post. You're still brewing. Uh, it's called White House uh, Honey Wheat or something like that. White House Honey Ale. Yeah, they uh, they bought Mr. Obra- Mr. Barack, you know, dished out a couple hundred bucks for the chefs to buy some home brewing equipment. It's Mr. Obama, not yes, Mr. Barack. Yes, yes, you're right. Mr. President. We're not in... Mr. Japan. Yes, Mr. President uh, dished out some money for some homebrewing gear, and he's uh, homebrewing at the White House and drinking it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. East End Brewing did not get his beer into the White House for the Super Bowl. He was making, there was a Wisconsin beer 
from uh, Hinterlands Brewing that had their act together ahead of time to get all the approval and, you know, the the food tasters, you know, the guys to make sure that there's no cyanide in the beer, you know, those kind of guys that taste it and get it in there. Uh, Scott was trying to get his beers for the Pittsburgh Super Bowl in there. It didn't work out, so apparently Brock uh, was drinking Yingling as the Pittsburgh beer. Yeah. It's only close if you're not from Pennsylvania. Right, yeah. I mean, he could drink Iron City because Iron City is not... I guess it's still produced, but it's certainly not it's still a, anymore. It's still a Pittsburgh beer, even though the cool people know it's not. He could do Penn, right? I mean, Penn Brewery. Well, he didn't do any of them. He did, you know. But yeah, East End was trying to. It, it's funny because Scott. But Yingling is a decent beer for for people who are not into beer. But like Hinterland was like like pale ale, like real craft beer, and then like Yingling. So I'm like, not fair for us geeks, but. That's an old story. I mean, I I go back to when I you know first joined Free Market because they had Beer Week every week and I, and I, they I had some palas and I really you know I didn't know hops I didn't really like them because they were just they're too bitter and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I imagine you know people who aren't into beer, the same thing is going to happen to them. They're they're going to taste a bitter beer like yeah. So Yingling is probably it has some flavor to it. Here here's the story. Queer beer is the first booze marketed toward gays and lesbians. <laughs> sure we got to get first. some of it. I'm not sure it's the first. It's some Mexican-made brew. It's probably the same guy who made the Duff beer. That yeah, you know, that Mexican company that yeah you know, just said, "Screw you, Fox! I'm going to make a Duff beer." Uh-huh. Queer beer. Yeah, queer beer. I'm sure you know. It's created by uh, Minivera Brewing. So it's not. It's probably just some sort of bud clone, right? I mean, or well, basically you're just a, being a, racist, stereotypical. Now maybe well, it's a barley wine. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's probably just a cap. I don't know what it is, but yeah, we'll have to get some uh, some queer beer and maybe some uh, four loco. If we can find any that sells alcohol in it, so no, no, they sell caffeine. The cup, yeah, there's no caffeine. So the last beer we have is um, from Boot Creek Brewing. This is Mount Shasta Old Ale Number Eight, eight point uh, one alcohol by volume. All right, I don't have any other. I mean, I really, I couldn't even find Boot Creek on online. <laughs> rich, rich dark amber in color, tamed. Aromatics, fruity, vinous, intense malts, and sharp alcohol characteristics. Some acidic notes, raisins, and black currants is what they said. Um, it, this is the adventure in a bottle, and uh, made with purified water, barley, hops, and yeast. That's a good start. It's Ryan High School, then Chico, California. And the Surgeon General says you shouldn't drink your priggers. Did you mention this was a Gary beer? This is a Gary beer. I did earlier. Beer pours uh, just like most of the other ones. It's it's the cloudiest beer of the night. You can see your finger on the other side of the glass, but you can't read anything through it. Mm-hmm. Um, nice tight head. Um, tea-colored brown again. Just that, that average old ale, barley wine type yeah. color. Not as dynamic an aroma. It's it's got a good aroma. 
you know, it's got the dark fruits there. It's got some of the the um, maltiness and and like I said, some viniousness to it. But you know, it doesn't have that insane effervescence that the uh, that the two thousand six beer mm-hmm. had. Right. <laughs> Keep going back then. I think, man, I wonder if the fresh beer is that good. I mean, that's in your, it's been in your refrigerator. It hasn't been sitting out. So, I mean, yeah. it, it, it has not been in a situation where it's necessarily able to to age as as it would, like, in a cellar. Yeah, I can't recall exactly when Bill sent this to us, but being an old ale, I, I try to store these beers in optimal conditions. They've been in the fridge, so they're not going to go horrible. But, yeah, definitely. Five years, that beer tasted like it was no more than a year old. I mean, yeah. it tasted good. Yeah, this one's small on the aroma. I'm getting a little bit of maltiness, a little bit of green grape, um, and a bit of carbonation in there. It's kind of the taste. I can definitely see the vinius comes from. It's kind of sweeter and and much less substantial on the tongue. Really, um, you know, it's going up against a fantastic beer, a wow beer in my estimation, and and it's it's losing. It's got. It's it's got significantly less viscosity and it's got kind of a uh, a sweetness that is not nearly as balanced. But it's not bad. It's just it it, it it's going up against a champ. Yeah, it's it. I think it's pretty good. But yeah, I mean, if you're comparing it solely against the Jasperilla, uh, this is the Mount Shasta Old Ale. Um, it, it it doesn't stand up to it. So I'm trying to just. Put that one out of my mind, and just look yeah. at this one on its own merits. Because really, it, it's up against um, Heisman Trophy winner. If you're trying to compare it to that last beer, it's good. It's got good flavors there. There are there, there's a good amount of, of toffee and um, and undercurrents. There's I agree with 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 the marketing speaking. There's a venous quality there. There's more of that than there is in the other one. There's, I really love old ales. I absolutely adore old ales, and this is a decent old ale. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not saying don't try this because you know this has good flavors to it. It, it really does. It. I, I really can't find much in the way of flaws. That other than maybe it's a little bit. It's a little thin. But it's not. It's, it's not even as thin as the sea. Later, it, it's it's. <laughs> Gary put the P touch tape on. Yeah, here. It says donated by Gary Frank. Thanks, Gary. Well, Gary knows. I mean, you know, we we've had the points where we feel like whose beer is this? Who donated this? Yeah. There's no date on the bottle. This beer is probably two years old minimum. Hmm. You know, it's been in my fridge for two years. I would think maybe that's why I can't find. Maybe the beer, the brewery doesn't even exist. Maybe no. <laughs> But being an old ale, I figured, you know, no hurry. That's why I get another one to drink Right, with. yeah. And and it hasn't suffered from age. No, Boot Creek exists, but I can't find anything on their site about the, the mm. old ale. So, um, gotcha. On Beer Advocate, is it listed or retired or anything like that? It's not even on Beer Advocate. Oh, okay. I, I, you I got a link from Living Social. <laughs> what? Yeah. That, that that's where the link on, on the show notes is going to come from. <laughs> Living Social, <laughs> the one that gives you the like, buy one get one deals. No, here. Yeah, that's okay. So this is a. 
hell is this? I have no idea what that is. I do like that I could just you know hand my computer to you. That's how light it is. I, that, that is awesome. <laughs> so I've been using Living Social, you know, because typically it's like, hey, a local restaurant, buy one, get one, and that's pretty sweet. Um, but this is the, I'm mentioning this because the listeners might be finding it interesting. There's beer.livingsocial.com, and we're looking at uh, Mount Shasta, Old Elm Number Eight, Boot Creek Brewing Company. Uh, there's a brief description. It says, add to my collection. It doesn't have, like, the buy one, get one type links. There's a similar beers where it has Rogue's Imperial India Pale Ale, which is not similar. Um, <laughs> yeah, not at all. Wow. What it- is this living social beer thing? I have no idea. That that was the best the best description I could find of the beer was that. So, you know, I, I, uh, I have new respect for living social. I like them better than Groupon now. Because they have a beer site, apparently. I, I'm i kind of curious what the hell this is all about, though. I'll have to check it out later. Screw iPad 2. I really like my, my laptop. It's nice. It's a nice little piece of equipment. I just ordered my first Thunderbolt MacBook Pro for, uh, for work. Thunderbolt? The ones with the the new high speed data connector, oh, the Thunderbolt connector. Oh, we'll talk about that in the post show. But yeah, 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 yeah. So we just ordered a couple of those for work. So you I'm not a new one of those. No, I'm not getting a new one. Oh. No, some engineer is getting it. I could always you know try to be double sneaky down low and switch it out, but I want to. I'll just wait. This laptop's still fine, even though I could use eight gigs of RAM. The four gigs is kind of running a little low on me sometimes. I did read that there's a hack you can do on Macs to allow them to do eight gigs, but I don't know much about it. I just saw. I mean, this this will take eight if you buy the the dims, um, Pocho stuff, I guess. So that's the fourth beer. You want to get some ranking on? I guess we have to. Yeah, because I don't have any other news stories highlighted. I do have this cool story from Slashdot about this guy who upgraded from Windows 1.0 to Windows 7. Sounds like an ordeal. That yeah, that's a little bit of a. <laughs> he started at MS DOS five point zero, running Windows one point zero, and he keeps upgrading until he hits Windows seven. And like apparently, he talks about the. Uh, oh, so he didn't actually. He wasn't actually using Windows one. I don't even know. Is there Windows one? I thought there is a Windows one point Yeah, I thought Windows really kind of started with with three. It was kind of an application that ran on DOS. Yeah, before that. Well, so was Windows 3.1 was an application that ran on DOS. It was more of a, you know, you put it in your auto-exec bag and it runs on boot for No, it. Windows 95 was the one that really started okay. that. Windows 3.1 was still an application that ran on DOS. Well, anyway, he just did upgrade to upgrade. It, it just kind of boggles my mind that, like, every version was upgradable to the next from Windows 1.0. <laughs> All right. Ranking time. I'm calling you to go first. So it's going to be tough comparing the barley wines to the Doppelbox, but but I'm up, I'm, up, I'm up to the challenge. Jeff is a pro. He's a professional. I'm going to have the book. I'm, you know, I'm going to have to put the Jasperilla Old Ale up front. That 2006 beer. It's probably the best 2006 beer I've had in 2011. That's for sure. Uh, just so much complexity and flavor nuance going on there. It was it was great. Uh, the mammoth uh, Doppelbach, 
that more traditional dapabak. Mm-hmm. I dug it. It was uh, quite tasty. I, I mentioned when we were tasting it, it was pretty much exactly what I was looking for in, you know, sure, dapabak sure. flavors. So that's second. Third gets a little tough. Do I take the decent Mount Shasta or the interesting uh, See You Later from uh, Boulevard? I think I'll put the See You Later third. It was thoroughly enjoyable. All the beers were enjoyable, but the See You Later was thoroughly enjoyable and drinkable. A fine quaffer. It just, you know, had two beers that were awesome in front of it. And then I'll put the uh, the Mount Shasta, Shasta, Mount Shasta in... Uh, fourth place well i'll agree with you at number one and number two i really love the jasperil i mean it's a wild beer so obviously i loved it very much but man that was everything i wanted in a beer i got this don't worry about it um i'm running down the uh <laughs> the orders the order uh and it just, just it was absolutely fantastic it had aroma it had flavor it had a character there was nothing wrong with it there was everything was right with it it was just right on the money it was it was perfect and i love old ales so it really hit me like it was it was a perfect old ale that hit me right in my spot so, so good it, it was, was so good it was really absolutely delicious uh and definitely on the mammoth i'm with you there i mean the double the mammoth double buck was a perfect example of a double buck done right um it was it had the viscosity it had the flavor and everything down i would love to do that one side by side with some of the german classics just to see how it compares i'm gonna go with the mount shasta third really only because i just like old ale so much okay um you know it's not the best old ale but neither is see later the best doppelbach and i think if i'm comparing the two i will go with the Mount Shasta over the See You Later, simply because I just felt that the, the Mount the, the neither had anything necessarily wrong with them, but it just seemed like the See You Later was a little bit less, probably only because personal preference of, of old ales over double bucks mm-hmm. than 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 the Mount Shasta. So that's kind of where I am. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Craft Beer Radio, episode one hundred and seventy six. And uh, we will see you shortly with the next episode. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Oh,